What is up, guys? Welcome to The Inner Athlete. This is episode number 23, and I got a couple of things to unpack today, and I'm just going to start off by talking to you guys a little bit about my week. Um, I decided last Saturday to take an entire week off from training, and let me tell you how difficult that was for me. I've been training um, literally pretty much every day, six days a week since I was 19 years old, minus the time that I spent in treatment where they restricted me from exercise and the couple of times where I've had to be hospitalized for random situations. But what I want you to get out of that is that I literally train every single day. And I will tell you that some days it has not been ideal. It's been like a 20, 30 minute workout, but it's been part of my routine to work out for a long time. And, and what I had found over the last, I guess over the last year or so is that I wasn't sure if it's, if it's my age, honestly, if it's been just my level of work has increased so much that I don't have the same lifestyle as I had five years ago. And my primary job was just literally coaching a couple of CrossFit classes and then training when I wanted to and, and live in kind of that, like I want to call it the college dorm life. Um, anyways, I had kind of talked to my coach last week and I was like, you know what? I think I'm actually going to take a couple of days off because even when I've said, Hey, I'm taking time off, I always end up with half-assing it. And, you know, before I knew it, I was still in the gym doing something. Now, mind you, I did do a little bit of like, when I tell you very low intensity stuff on Tuesday and Wednesday, um, just to kind of move because I am doing the 75 hard with my clients. And part of that is I have to do two 45 minute workouts a day and I've been pretty much walking and then stretching, but I just wanted to move a little bit and my body feels better. My brain functions a little bit better after I've moved a little bit, but I did keep it super low intensity. So I want, I want to say that this was a super successful week off from training. And I will tell you this, I was super nervous uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I, I, I primarily eat for performance. So the other, um, catch for this is that I was not allowed to manipulate my calories in terms of, you know, me working out less didn't mean eating less food. I had to keep to my structure because that was also part of the challenge is proving to myself that your metabolism does not adapt that quickly. When you're taking time off, it takes way longer than a couple of days for your metabolism to already stop, all of a sudden stop burning calories. Um, so what I was basically trying to get is I, I did have some things going on and I was super nervous about it. That was one of them. Um, just in general, like how was my body going to feel, uh, coming back? Was I going to be motivated when I came back? Um, and so yesterday, Friday was my first day back in the gym and I didn't do anything super intense. I actually thought that I was going to feel better than I did when I first start, started. Uh, I had this like nagging shoulder injury and I know you guys can relate to that. And I was actually supposed to have surgery about two years ago. And I kind of was like, I don't want to do it. Um, but I was hoping that like, oh, I'm going to go back and that's going to feel hundred percent and, and everything's going to be great. And I'm going to just like, you know, all the stars are going to align and, and everything's going to feel really good. And no, it didn't. <laughs> but what did come from this week was so much clarity in terms of, you know, I had extra time to like, just think and, and do some different things. And and my life is very much on the go. I'm the kind of person that from sunup to sundown, I'm always doing something and having time to just, you know, think more. And cause even when you're walking, you're thinking a lot, you know, I, I put up a, a whiteboard in my house and did a couple of other things and spent some time with my mom and just that extra downtime was, was kind of nice. The other thing was when I came back, 
uh, nothing was bad. Like I was still able to do all of the things that I was worried about losing. So if you're somebody in the fitness world and you're like, oh my God, if I take time off, I'm going to lose this skill. I'm going to lose that skill. Nope. They were all good and they were all fine. Nothing felt any harder than it did when I left. Um, and it was, and it was super good for me to experience this because I think it's going to help me in the future for when I do want to maybe take a day or two off. And I've been kind of like nervous too. Uh, and I'm going to start doing that more often. I think it was a really cool thing and, and I'm excited to, uh, be able to do it more often. So I think my week off was a success. Um, but that was one of the things 75 hard, uh, today's going to be day 13 and I'm not going to lie. It's hard. Um, it's been hard to stay committed to the reading, uh, 10 pages of nonfiction because I, I mean, I probably do read 10 pages of nonfiction, but an actual, let me sit down and read a book has been difficult for me. Um, I'm just always on the go. And at the end of the day, you know, I just don't want to sit down and, and read. And I've been spending a lot of my energy, uh, writing more, honestly, um, writing content and getting some things caught up. And the other thing is, is just like the little things that I, I just don't realize, like the, the photo a day, like little things like that. Um, the gallon of water is easy. The workouts were difficult, but anyways, what I'm finding though is I'm not really that motivated to do it. I'm doing it and it's easy in essence. The really the most difficult one is the 10, the 10 page one, but I'm just not really motivated to do it. So, um, I guess what I wanted to kind of get at is sometimes we do things and we're not really motivated, but they might serve a bigger purpose. So for me, it's 10 pages of nonfiction a day. I'm hoping to finish three books by the end of this. So I'm almost all the way through this book relentless and I love it. Um, so I do think that in the habits, I think I've stretched more than I have ever. Um, so I know that as much as I'm not motivated, the dedication to it and the commitment to it is going to allow me to be more successful long-term. So that's all. But today's podcast, what I really wanted to focus on uh, is, and I'm going to keep it super basic for you guys. I want to talk a little bit about hormones. Um, I think it's one of those things that is kind of like really misunderstood in and how it relates to our body composition and our body fat and losing weight and all these things. And one of the biggest excuses I get, and I don't want to call it an excuse, also a reason of why somebody can't lose weight is that they have uh, hormone imbalances or, you know, the doctor's been telling them their hormones are out of whack and that's why. And I do agree. I agree that hormones are a huge limiting factor in seeing progress. But I think that what happens is people tend to focus on the wrong thing. They focus on the hormone imbalance and that they have to lose weight. And so their typical go-to is going on a diet and they're not looking at the bigger picture stuff of what's going on underneath the hood that might be causing things to keep going in the wrong direction if they keep trying to do that. And so I kind of wanted to start this podcast just by kind of giving you guys a little bit of a background about our hormones. And I'm not going to get too into, into depth about uh, a lot of the roles of them, but I do want to talk a little bit about uh, what are hormones and kind of giving you guys uh, a couple of the hormones that are playing a huge factor into uh, your body fat percentage and how our body fat percentage could be causing our hormones to be out of whack even more, or could have been the cause for your hormones getting out of whack to begin with. So first and foremost, if you are somebody that struggles with the hormone imbalance, um, take a look at your lifestyle before I go into the, the hormones in particular, because a lot of times what you're going to find is and it's kind of the chicken or the egg, right? Did the egg come first or the chicken? Did the hormone imbalance come first or did the body fat and the weight gain or, and the overweight situation come first? A lot of times, if you think back to when you first started gaining weight, 
and you look at what your lifestyle might have been like, you can start to put two and two together and see that whereas aging and genetics are going to play a factor, a lot of times if you look at those habits, nobody really wants to look, they don't want to look at, well, my eating out and eating a lot of processed carbs and not working out wasn't the problem. It was my genetic disposition. It was my aging. And because my grandmother had the same thing too, and, and everybody has this in my family. And if you look at the habits of all of those people, oftentimes you're going to find a common theme. And I can think back to my family, love my family to death. This is not telling, not putting anybody in my family down, but um, my mom's sisters all live a very sedentary life. They all ate very poorly when I was growing up. And they all have pretty much every medical condition, metabolic syndrome. So like thyroid condition, diabetes, all of these different things, right? Because of their lifestyle habits. And surely they're all related. So you can say, hey, well, like genetically, we must all be predisposed to develop these conditions. But if I look at their lifestyles, none of them are living a healthy life. Smokers, you know, not really drinkers, but just overeaters, um, a lot of processed foods and sweets and stuff like that. So what I want you to look at is how lifestyle has caused you to possibly put on weight, which has now caused hormone imbalances, which is making it harder for you to lose weight now, or it's causing you to put on weight faster. And if I can go back to talking to you guys a little bit about how fat cells work, I'm going to start there is like every time you guys gain weight, your fat cells swell. Once they swell too much, they multiply. So as we're gaining weight, we're gaining more fat cells. When you lose weight, you don't lose fat cells. They just shrink. So in order for us to lose weight, it becomes harder over time. The more weight we gain, the more fat cells we accumulate. And I wanted to start with that so you guys can understand why there's such a relationship between body fat and our hormones. The first thing that I want to talk to you guys about is body fat percentage or body composition. Uh, BMI is what most people are going to be familiar with. That's your body mass index. It's basically taking your age and your weight and your height, putting it in a formula and telling you that you're either, you know, underweight, overweight, or at a normal weight. And so, or some people are like borderline obese or obese. Now, the problem with BMI is it does not take into factor how much of your body weight is lean tissue versus fat tissue. So if I was to get my BMI tested, it's going to tell me that I'm borderline overweight. However, my body fat percentage is very low. So which one really matters more for your health? I 100% believe that body composition is a much healthier number to look at. And I'm going to explain why as we start to kind of segue into how body fat and hormones play a, play a role together and, and how one is kind of affecting the other in both, in, in both directions. So body composition, um, let's just say, for instance, you've got a cup and the cup is filled with pebbles, it's filled with sand, and it's filled with water, okay? We're going to call the water your body fat, and we're going to call the pebbles your organs, and we're going to call the sand your lean tissue. With body composition, you're essentially removing the water, which is the body fat, and you're exposing more of the lean tissue and the, and the skin and the bones and all that kinds of stuff. And this is where some of you guys that are in that like last five to 10 pounds might get frustrated if you're only looking at the scale, because sometimes as you guys are losing fat, if you're training like you should be, which is what we're going to go into next, is 
you're probably building, you're probably putting some sand in there. So you might be like, my clothes are fitting differently, but you know, I'm not seeing a change on the scale. And that's usually what's happening. You're filling the cup with more sand and you're removing more water. So less room is being taken up and, and that's what's causing you to not see the reflection on the scale, even though you're seeing a reflection uh, in terms of how you look. But this number can be so crucial for those of you guys that don't exercise as well. So if you're an, a non-exerciser, you're living a sedentary lifestyle and you're just trying to diet to lose weight. What's happening is you're not building any lean tissue. You're essentially just trying to get rid of fat. And that's super hard to do because at some point your metabolism is going to tell you, hey, like you're trying to get rid of this body fat, which is keeping me safe. It's keeping me alive. And it's going to start to slow down your metabolism. Your metabolism is going to, I shouldn't say slow down your metabolism. It's going to, your metabolism is going to start signaling your body that there's not enough energy available. So it's going to start conserving energy. And this is where people get frustrated because they see no change in the scale. It doesn't matter how hard they diet. It doesn't matter how hard they try. The scale stays exactly the same. The only way to lose more weight is to keep starving your body. And at some point, your body's going to rebel against you. And that's usually when you end up binging and overeating because it's telling you like, hey, there's no energy and I need energy. So for those of you guys that have this overaccumulation of fat and you have this hormone issue, what I'm telling you is, is if you focus on different ways to lower your body fat percentage, you might actually be more successful because as you bring up lean tissue, your body is going to require more energy. Muscle is a very expensive thing for your body to maintain. In the absence of calories, your body is going to tell you like, get rid of it because it's, especially if you're sedentary, because you're not using it. It's essentially just wasted energy. So it's going to try and get rid of that to use whatever energy it has available for other things. And so as I'm kind of segueing into why this is important in terms of hormone function, I want you to consider if I start to maybe work on building lean tissue, I'm going to end up needing to use more of that energy because I have to support that lean tissue, but you've got to be using it in order for your body to know that there, it need, there's a need for energy for it. Now, how does this all work with our hormone hormones? Well, basically what I want you to understand is that a lot of times there's an overaccumulation of body fat, hormones are not getting the right signals. It's affecting our body signals. So what exactly are hormones? Hormones are little chemical messengers that are secreted into the bloodstream and they basically are telling your cells and organs to carry out different processes in the body. They're used for things like growth and development. They're used for things like metabolism, AKA we're turning our food into usable energy sexual function, reproduction, and mood. So a lot of times you're going to experience hormone, uh, hormone imbalances with some kind of a, a symptom coming from one of these things, anxiety, depression, you know, poor menstrual cycle, regular regulation, maybe even sexual dysfunction, you know, for guys not waking up happy in the morning, if you know what I mean, you know, for girls, you just don't have the, the desire, you know, metabolism, maybe you're not really utilizing energy the way you're supposed to. So you might see this uh, reflected in all of a sudden having a hard time with blood sugar. All of these things are affected by our body fat percentage. And that's only one thing that affects them, but it's a big one. Let's talk about a couple of the hormones that are actually stored in your body fat, leptin and ghrelin. So our leptin is our quote unquote satiety hormone and ghrelin is our hunger hormone. And essentially in a, 
a state of overfed or a state of over accumulation of body fat, these two hormones get completely out of whack. And leptin ends up, so what can happen is people that have an over accumulation of body fat or in an overfed state, they can start to develop leptin resistance, which is basically when you've got too much body fat, the there's now a lack of sensitivity to this hormone. So this hormone that is meant to signal your body, hey, I've had enough to eat, I don't need any more, is now no longer sensitive. You're not even recognizing it. It's almost like you're numb to it. So you never really feel full. This is what also causes more overeating. So it's like going back to the chicken or the egg analogy is what came first, overeating or leptin sense or leptin uh, resistance. It was probably a little bit of a of a, a circle. You overate too long, you accumulated extra body fat. Now you're leptin resistant. Now you keep overeating because you no longer have that signal. On the opposite, ghrelin is meant to help tell your body that you're hungry. And a lot of times in somebody who has a high body fat percentage, uh, ghrelin levels are also out of whack and they're actually getting increased ghrelin levels. So they're getting hunger when they shouldn't be. This is also often uh, related because most people that are overeating are not overeating on protein sources. They're usually overeating on sugary sources and other things like that. Low protein intake is associated with low ghrelin levels. So sometimes that's why I'll often push a higher protein diet for an overweight individual because it can help signal that ghrelin level. Another hormone to kind of go into is uh, insulin. So insulin is is a hormone that's produced um, from your pancreas. And it's basically whenever we take in food, it's going to be secreted in small amounts to kind of, you know, make sure that we're digesting that energy and we're putting it either into our muscles for later usage, we're being, it's being stored or whatever the needs are. But what happens is in an overaccumulation of sugar and carbohydrates and calories in the bloodstream, your body is just pumping, pumping, pumping insulin. And what happens then is we start to develop insulin resistance. Our pancreas essentially burns out and no longer can we actually um, create enough insulin to bring the blood sugar down. This also starts to cause things like diabetes and other things. So once again, what came first, the insulin resistance or the overeating of carbohydrates and calories? And I don't want to give carbohydrates all the bad rap here because it's usually an overconsumption of calories in general, but it's usually primarily from things that are from carbs and fats. Another hormone to kind of decipher is the, the cortisol, which is aka our stress hormone. Many of you guys have heard about the stress hormone uh, that is released. It is a it is a good thing. We need cortisol in our body. It's basically our body's way of fighting off inflammation and obviously also um, preventing lows in our blood sugar. But what happens in a high body fat is too much cortisol ends up accumulating. And for those of you guys that are trying to, you know, get rid of that belly fat. Guys, the fat cells in your abdomen are three to four times, um, have three to four times more cortisol receptors than any other uh, body fat in your, or any other adipose fat, I'm sorry, adipose cells in your body. Basically, what I'm telling you is whenever you have elevated cortisol, the first place that they're going is to your abdomen. So for those of you guys that are doing a bunch of crunches, trying to lose your belly fat, you really should be looking at your cortisol levels. Now, the the hormones that people are probably going to be most familiar with are your sex hormones, your testosterone, and your estrogen. And these are the ones that you're going to probably see the most uh, symptoms from when you have hormone imbalances. So 
This is why you see a lot of hormone replacement therapy with testosterone, estrogen, and all these different things. But what I want you to know about them is that a high level of body fat often will lead to a low level of testosterone and a high level of estrogen. Both of these things are no good because we need testosterone in our body. It's going to, for males, it's going to regulate sex drive, erectile function, bone mass, fat distribution, sperm production, muscle mass, and strength. For females, it's also essential for things like bone health, um, honestly, just overall energy and like our general feeling good and lean muscle mass. The more fat cells we have, the more likely testosterone is also going to be converted into estrogen. Now, as I'm going into that, estrogen, we need estrogen. It's healthy. We need it for, you know, obviously healthy growth and, and all of that kind of stuff for sexual features as a woman. And males need a little bit of estrogen for healthy growth of sperm and also healthy libido. But body fat distribution is heavily regulated by estrogen and obesity and has been shown to increase circulation of estrogen levels. So what I want you to know by that is that too much estrogen in the body is not good. It's going to also cause you to overaccumulate body fat in specific areas. So body fat percentage, once again, playing a huge factor in our sex hormone production and making sure that those are in balance. Other hormones you guys are going to be really familiar with are the thyroid hormones, T3, T4, TSH, um, hypothyroid, Hashimoto's condition. All of these things, guys, also can be affected by your body fat percentage. They can also be affected by too much insulin in the body. All of these things also create metabolic dysfunction. Your body needs healthy, healthy thyroid to make sure that your metabolism is using energy appropriately. Too much body fat is going to also cause a decrease in, um, or I'm sorry, uh, cons, uh, excuse me, take a second back, uh, can also lead to destruction of thyroid tissue. That's what also leads to things like Hashimoto's thyroiditis and things like that. So what I want you guys to get out of this is once again, regulating body fat will help regulate insulin levels, which will help regulate your thyroid. And I get it. Once again, this is one of those things that it's not just the one thing, but what I want you to get is the overarching theme here. And all of these hormones I'm discussing is that if you're regulating your hormones by improving your body fat percentage, sometimes these things might not be such a factor. Now, before I kind of go into a little bit more about this body fat and hormone, you know, relation, uh, I want to talk to you guys about a little bit about some of the hormones that are in your gut. And I'm not going to go into too much of the science about them, but what I want you guys to understand is there's four main hormones in your gut that help regulate hunger, satiety, and blood sugar levels. So if you're not eating a diet high in fiber, high in cruciferous vegetables, feeding your gut the right things, a lot of times those are going to be off. And just like leptin and ghrelin, these can also cause you to overeat. A lot of these hormones are released by the types of foods that you're eating. So protein intake, and like I said, some of those cruciferous vegetables and fiber, and even some fats are going to help you, your body produce more of those hormones and make sure that you're getting enough of them. So as I'm kind of circling all of this together, I want you to understand a couple of things. Your frustration around hormones it's often going to be related to your frustration around why you can't be com compliant with your diet, why you can tend to overeat and all these kinds of things. But a lot of times it comes down to what you're eating, how much you're eating in balance, macros for the win, AKA protein, carbs, and fats. I don't just preach macros. I preach food quality with macros because 
like I said, you need quality food. You need to make sure you're getting in enough nutrients. You need to make sure that you're getting the right balance of those things because that's going to help you guys balance out these hormones that are going to regulate, you know, your gut and all those kinds of things that are that are going to send your body signals that it doesn't need more energy, that it has enough available. It's going to, you know, help regulate those things. So what came first, the chicken or the egg? What came first, the hormone issue or the weight issue? And the reality is it doesn't really matter. What I'm going to tell you is, as I said in the beginning, I really think that if we look back at the lifestyle that we were living for the last five, seven, 10 years, and how it's now accumulated us to where we are today, that it's probably accumulation of all of that that has put us in a situation that we're in. And so I wanted you to stop focusing so much on the hormones and the supplementation and all of those things, because I know that sometimes those things are, are going to come into play, but they're a band-aid. And if we're not fixing the lifestyle, we're literally putting a band-aid on something that is eventually going to get bigger. It's never going to go away until we correct all of those things, or you're going to have to keep replacing the band-aid over and over again. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to keep putting a band-aid on something because you're probably not even really getting the great feelings that you wanted from those things. So how do we fix this cycle of like the hormones, the fat, the body fat, blah, 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 blah. Well, going back to my talk about body composition, it's why I full-heartedly believe in weight loss being more than just a diet, weight loss being more than just macros, weight loss being more than just, you know, fixing the nutrition. It's got to come in a package. Nutrition is a piece of the package. Your fitness and your lifestyle are another piece of the, of the package. So in an ideal situation, I'd be fixing all those things at once. But patience is always going to produce more progress than inpatience. So as much as I'd like to say, hey, we're going to do all this right now, we're going to prioritize what we can. So first things first, nutrition. Are you getting in enough protein? Are you getting in enough whole foods from fruits and vegetables? All of those things. Are you getting in enough overall calories? Let's put the diets aside and let's make sure that you're eating at or above your PMR if you're sedentary and then taking into account your lifestyle and your activity. Okay. Activity is going to be the next one. How much are you moving? Are you sitting behind a desk all day? If that's the case and you can't get to the gym, let's just start by making sure that you're getting in some movement. Are you walking around? Can you take a quick walk in the office? Can you park your car furthest from the door every opportunity you get? Can you get up and take a walk? Can you take it a, a little bit further when you go to the bathroom? You know, can you, can you stand up at your desk a few minutes? Can you stretch a little bit? Then let's start to tack on the fitness. Because like I said, increasing muscle mass is going to also help your body decrease body fat. Can we start to work on some strength training? It doesn't have to be any particular modality, but you should be doing some type of a strength training. And that's going to look different to everybody. You know, I'm a CrossFit bias, but I'm also CrossFit with a bodybuilding focused bias or a functional body bodybuilding bias, along with some cardiovascular intervals built in. That's, that's my, my CrossFit. So I do high intensity. I add in some structural strength stuff and some definitely some high lifting. And I balance it out with some aerobic conditioning. Guys, lifting two five-pound plates is not enough. You need to be stimulating muscle growth. And in order to do that, you have to be pushing your muscles a little bit. So nutrition, we've got non-exercise activity, we've got exercise activity. Then we're looking at things like sleep and stress. Those are the two things that are probably the hardest to control because most people have an extremely stressful life 
And it's really hard for me to say, hey, like, can you start meditating? Can you start doing those things? But the more we can start to work on deloading a little bit, it's going to help those things as well. Can you shut your phone off an hour early so you can go to bed an hour early? Whatever you have to do. And I know this is the very unsexy truth about hormones, but it's the truth. Guys, I'm not selling you any supplements today. I'm not telling you any dietary protocols. What I'm telling you instead is that all the supplements in the world and all the diets in the world are not going to fix your problem unless you're fixing the lifestyle. So as I'm ending this episode, I want to leave you with this, okay? Body fat, hormones, whether one came before the other, whether there's other factors or not, I'm going to tell you right now that if you're working to improve your body composition, I think we're going to see an improvement in your hormone function. It might not fix all of the problems, but it's going to fix a lot of them. And that's why I call this podcast The Inner Athlete. As much as it might seem weird that I'm talking about hormones on a podcast from somebody that is a competitive CrossFit athlete, that's not what I want you guys to get across from my podcast. What I want you guys to know is that every client that I work with and every person that I touch, I know they have an athlete in them. And it doesn't have to be showcased on a competition floor. It can be showcased in your dedication to living the lifestyle of an athlete, which means taking care of yourself, prioritizing quality nutrition, making sure that it's dialed into the amounts that you need, getting sleep, decreasing stress, and making sure that you're hitting the weights. I hope you guys have an amazing afternoon. Looking forward to talking to you guys next week.